to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. I'm Larry Monkey, and you can find me on on X, right? X at Larry Monkey. Oh, Justin <laughs> hates that, but hey, who's that? Justin, the alligator, the alligator hunter. Can't wait to hear about this at Run DFF. Justin Rogers. What Yo, what's there? going on? What's going on, everybody? So I hope you're having a better day than my boat. That's all I'm saying. Wow. So let's get the let's get a quick story out of the way before we bring on uh bring on our guest. Let's hear about it. this guy went uh, Justin Rogers, as we all know from Mississippi. This past week he's on alligators. I can't yeah. hear about it. What, yeah. what so tell me, give me the brief synopsis of the alligator hunt that took place. Okay, so we obviously we have no idea what we're doing. This mm-hmm. is two dudes that have never alligator hunted in our life. So we're like, all right, we, we watch a bunch of videos, talk to a bunch of folks that we know that have done it. We go out there, cool. Let me tell you the story of the very first gator that we spotted, all right? Friday night. We get out there on Friday about 4.30 or so. We've got, it's me and my buddy and his uh, 10, almost 11-year-old nephew. (laughs) Um, And so we're on the boat. We head out. We cruise up a couple little bayous or whatever. Nothing there. At the same time, we got a storm rolling in. So we head back to the boat launch, just tie the boat off and go sit in our trucks. Storm rolls through real quick, no problem. By 5.30, we're back out on the water. So, so 5 30 p.m. That's right. So we head on out. We go up this creek and uh stop in a couple little inlets, check it, check it out, and head on out to the big kind of the big water of the uh lake. It's a pretty big lake. And we're cruising through these lily pad areas and marshes and stuff, looking for gators, and we don't see anything swimming around. And finally, we're crossing a lily pad spot. And so what I've done when I'm doing this, I have to like pull my trolling motor manually out of the water and steer us through with the trolling motor, just skimming the top of the water. So I can't have the trolling motor all the way down. So I'm like kneeled down looking forward. So they, so they can't hear the motor is what I'm saying to scare them away. That's that sort of thing. Oh no, it's quiet, man. The motor's quiet. I mean, it's just a little electric trolling motor. So you're just like through the water. No problem there. Um, It's not like, but they can see you, but I look up and there's a gator and I'm like, Oh, there's a nice one. So we're looking, and when I say nice, like legal, you know, at least four feet long, which is what we're really looking for. And it's about 150 yards away, swimming out of a little lagoon kind of area toward the main lake. So I'm like, let me get across this lily pad spot and into some open water. I'll drop the trolling motor, we'll haul ass over there and then see what we can get. So we head over there, gator goes under, which is expected. So we kind of just hang out for a minute. And next thing you know, my buddy spots it sitting in the lily pads. It's like four and a half, five feet long. And we're like, perfect for, you know, we've got this 11 year old on the boat. Like, let's go after that gator. So we get up to it and we are in perfect position. We're like 20 feet away. The boat is sideways. So we each can sh- take a shot at it with our uh, snag and hooks. So we're squared up and my buddy grabs, he's got a fishing rod with some heavy pe- heavy pound test and a, and a hook. And he has not practiced throwing this thing yet. We're 20 feet away, and his hook goes 40 feet away. So it's 20 feet past the gator, into the lily pads. He's hung up. We're not getting that, like, we're not getting that hook out for a minute. I've got a hand, like a, we've got little uh, pool noodles that we cut, and that's our little buoy thing. So, I've got those and I got line that was wrapped around it. I unravel all that, got the hook in my hand and I throw the hook perfectly. I mean, right past the gator to where I could jerk it. The only problem was I forgot to hold on to the end of the rope. 
Uh, <laughs> there goes my floating buoy out into the water, and this gator's just sliding away. <laughs> just, I mean, just a shit show, that first gator. We were so excited. Like, you know, we just completely lost our our uh, collective cool there, and it was, a, it was a mess. You guys got too excited. I mean, we took several shots, but the other good one that we had was like an eight or nine foot gator, at least eight so or nine foot. Eight or nine feet. What happened to like the seventy-five gators you saw the like the other the night before that uh, earlier that oh, week? we ended up seeing a bunch, but you have to like we took shots on probably seven or eight gators, but you have to oh, get within range. You know, we're looking at them. Like last night, we went out, and even though it was a quiet night, we probably saw thirty or forty at least. A lot of babies. I mean, a lot of little ones. We were within five feet of probably ten different little baby gators. Uh, Could have grabbed them. If you're in the Patreon, I, I dropped a little video of one of the baby gators. So so that's Friday night, and then Saturday you go back out in the morning? No, Saturday. Because you, oh, no. you hunt gator at nighttime. Yeah, well, you can hunt them in the morning. You can definitely hunt them in the morning. We didn't because I had the kids on Saturday morning, and uh, my wife was at a hair appointment. Mm. Um, and then Sunday morning, um, we had family in town. So we didn't go then, then either. And he kind of flaked. My buddy flaked out on on Saturday night, and then Sunday was a little windy, and and the the water was a little rough, so we didn't go up. Nothing's quiet, even on the lake. Maybe I'll fly down next Gator season. That would Come be on! Last night we go out, and there isn't a Gator in sight during daylight. Nothing, which is fine because we can we can still glass you know uh, spotlight them and then find them with their eyes because you can look across the lake. And just shine a flashlight and you'll see gator eyes all over the place. Right. We're like, all right, cool. But that means that you're cruising around in the dark with stumps and everything else. And you know, we just hit stumps with the trolling motor and it bounces off a little bit. Get a couple gators that we think we got a shot at. And I sent a video to the patrons of a baby alligator, one that was like a foot and a half, two feet long, something like that. You know, toward the end of the night, it's like 11 ish. We're cruising along, and I hit a stump, and I hear crunch, and my trolling motor just goes forward for, in front of the boat. The bow of my boat is broken. Oh, so good times. Yeah, so I'm shelved. I'm, I'm no longer uh, unless my my friend said I'm going to see if anybody want, if anybody's got a boat we can go out in on Wednesday. So I, we may go out on Wednesday. Otherwise, right. my gator season is over. Oh my god, that was, that's a terrible man. That's terrible. terrible. Well, I'm glad that was a short and sweet story because we got a special guest. And you know we have a special guest on when we're doing some like some morning recording. Or... Yeah, recording, yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, this guy, I mean, we might have to put him on the Mount Rushmore of hot sauce guests, right? Hot yeah, sauce. Yeah. It's a know? pretty it's a pretty fabulous uh group there. <laughs> well, I would on. tend to agree. Come on. AKA at Michael underscore Fabiano on X. Fabs, appreciate it. Uh, sorry about the boat, but I mean, you also have a boat, so that's that's a win. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't know. Like, I have an inherent fear of anything in the water that could possibly eat me. So, like, I don't go in the ocean and tempt fate with a shark, and I certainly wouldn't want to go in the water where there's an alligator. Uh, so, you, my <laughs> friend, are a much braver man than I am, dude. This guy, I'm, I'm trying to avoid actually going in the water if that makes you feeling better. I, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's a little boat or whatever it is, like that's, that's separating boat. you yeah. from the water and the alligators. Um, I'm good. <laughs> so you're not down for an invitation. Got it. Then for it. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing I was thinking about, 
I was thinking about heading down to Mississippi like next year because this was, I mean, I've been hearing about this alligator hunt for, for a few couple weeks now and it sounds kind of interesting. I mean, I would stand in the background. I wouldn't, I, my hands wouldn't get dirty. I would just stand behind Justin. Yeah. We can't have you, we can't have you like greasing up and getting those, those pretty hands dirty. Those soft. Right, right, right. Hands that you got. So, yeah, I mean, I'm in New Jersey, so I can't get my hands that, that filthy, but you know, well, I mean, I do have a one and a half year old, so my hands do get filthy, but, um, mm. but anyway, enough of this stuff. We got fabs for a short time. So let, let's just get, get right into it, man. What's it like for you right now? This is, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you're even sitting with us right now because I feel like your life must be spinning out of control right around this point to kick off to the seasons right here. You must be, you must be going nuts. Tell us. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Happened. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's kind of crazy right now, honestly. Um, I, I try to fit in as many, you know, interviews as I can, but it's, it's been, uh, it's been nuts the last like week and it's going to be crazy next week. And, it, but it's fun. I guess it's good to be wanted. And uh, it's always fun to talk a little fantasy football, which is what I've been doing for the last 20 plus years. So uh, yeah, all, uh, all good, but yeah, the, it, this is, this, this weekend is my last full weekend off until 2024. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So, I mean, geez, 20, 20 plus years. I mean, me and Justin are old timers too. And, um, you know, we always like to ask our guests what, I mean, what got you into fantasy football to begin with? How'd you catch the bug or what player kind of took you to the, to the title? That I mean, honestly, I, I've always wanted to be in sports. Uh, my dream was ESPN sports center, sports caster anchor. And I lived in Connecticut. That's where I grew up. So that was what I always wanted to do. And I hadn't really played fantasy sports until about 98. And I loved it. And it, uh, my, my first team, my first pick was Terrell Davis. And uh, I won yes. the championship that year. I had Fred Taylor on that team. I had Randall Cunningham, who played in place of Brad Johnson, who got hurt. That was the year Vikings should have went to the Super Bowl, but they choked against Atlanta. Go Falcons. And so <laughs> I um, just fell in love with it. And honestly – it wasn't even fantasy. wasn't even a big thing at that point. I just started the yeah. internet and yep. that's when it started to grow. And so when I saw some fantasy related opportunities out there in what is a very difficult industry to break into, I rolled the dice and, you know, luckily I was able to score a job with uh, CBS Sportsline, and uh, that was 23 years ago, something like that. I'm with you on Terrell Davis. I, mm -hmm. I think it was like an auto draft, like a Yahoo auto draft. And, and yeah, he just went berserk that year, and that was it. Yeah, I, I was uh, – yeah, and, and it's funny too because so many years later, I actually used to do TV with TD, and uh, I know Fred Taylor. So it's crazy. <laughs> like all the people that I know that I drafted, you know, Ladanian and Marshall and Kurt and guys like that and Irv, all guys that I – drafted and won championships with you know so many years later i ended up working with them on on uh you know any of the platforms that i've been on so it's uh i'm definitely blessed That's do, you, do you throw it in there like yeah you know you helped me win this championship oh yeah I, I did an interview with td and fred taylor and told them both hey this is awesome because you guys were the uh the lifeblood of my first championship yeah. and you know they both asked well where's our cut uh, yeah <laughs> with interest with interest though right <laughs> no, i think those guys are doing all right financially certainly much better than i am right <laughs> right right so talking about fantasy i mean we do a segment what's your fantasy mm. so, um 
Redraft Dynasty DFS Debbie best. Oh, I thought you were that. talking about something else. This is the hot sauce. This is the hot sauce pod, and we do have a little e next to our our podcast. So yeah, feel free to to you know fill us in on all your fantasy. No, I thought I was getting into the celebrity crush thing, but no, we're gonna pass on that. No, I mean I'm. <laughs> I love dynasty leagues. Most of my leagues are just traditional redraft. I, mm-hmm. I, I haven't played in an IDP league in years because it's just not popular enough for me to really invest a whole lot of time into. They're fun. Auctions are fun, but auctions are more fun if you're together with people because it takes so long. And so I don't, I don't do a lot of auctions because I just don't want to take three hours to do it, an auction in front of a computer. If I'm going to get together with people, that's one thing. But for the most part, it's redraft. I've been doing more super flex leagues lately. Uh, and um uh, i certainly i certainly like to switch things up from time to time i play in a guillotine league i play in best ball leagues i play in some of these eliminator leagues so i get a little bit of taste of everything you know dfs i play but not um i'm not i'm not super into it you piddle and i'd rather i'd rather throw my dough into playing in fantasy leagues rather than playing in uh and any kind yeah. of DFS tournaments. And obviously for years, I couldn't play in those leagues because NFL wouldn't let me. So yeah. I never really got into playing, uh, but obviously you know, I'm pretty in tune with the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. Right. So, so how many leagues are you in this year or in general? I got to be honest, I don't even know. I'm afraid to count. Um, <laughs> I think it's somewhere between 12 and 14, something like gotcha. that. And that's not including best ball. With best ball, it's definitely over 20. But yeah. that's, that, that's nothing though, man. Like I, I have friends in the industry who are in like 30 best ball leagues or 40 best ball leagues. They're just, they, they just draft constantly. It's, it's insane. I mean, I've been drafting since, since May between rookie drafts and dynasty. And then you have your charity leagues that pop up and then there's the eliminators as well. So it's, it's been a constant drafting. I'm, cu- I'm currently in, I listen to this, uh, a black crows podcast called um, the state of America podcast. But uh, it's it's a Black Rose podcast, and on the pod, they're like, "Hey, we're going to start up a fantasy league. Who wants in?" I was just like, "Oh, that'll be me." <laughs> it's just, right? it's like, uh, and it's like, "Oh, why not, man?" And that's going on right now, you know. And it's and it's um, you know, it's with it's got kickers and it's a kick, it's a standard super flex standard kicker defense. What was interesting was, and I just looked at this as like, okay, I see the basic settings. I just kind of breezed over them. And I'm doing the draft, and I'm like, oh, they put in a, a third-round reversal in here. Look at these guys out of Whoa. nowhere. <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay, because I had, like, the second overall pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I missed out on the third-round reversal. And then I, I see in the chat, I guess, the guy that organized it, I guess the guy was like, oh, I don't know how I, that happened. I messed up. But Some of these rules, I'm like, I, I'm I'm traditionalist, man. I I mean, I I don't get too crazy deep in the weeds with some of the scoring stuff. But like Scott Fishbowl, that's all, there's all kinds of you know fun stuff in there. It's just not something I do typically. But again, I don't mind throwing in a few leagues here and there that you know are a little bit different, a little bit of a different challenge. You want to know what's funny? My home league, which has been going on since uh, 1998, uh, we got rid of kickers. We still have defense. It's kind of it's like it's like a wonky like uh, you know, arguing like let's do this, let's not do this. So we have like a kind of a clunky set of settings where we have the defense and no kicker. It's a super flex, but no tight end premium. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of teetering on, on both sides of standard versus the other stuff. It came up in the chat uh, yesterday. Oh, I want kickers back. And then it started going off on kickers again. And I was like, you know, I don't mind, you know, if you want to put kickers, the Scott Fishbowl kicker setting is not, is pretty cool because they, I mean, they're consistent. They can consistently be yeah. at a wide receiver two level. 
which I'm okay with because I don't. I mean, you know, even, who wants to, yeah. yeah, even in standard leagues, like think about it. If if you're getting um, and I'm I'm doing fractional points this year, so like if a kicker boots a 56 yarder, he gets 5.6 points. Uh, I'm not into giving negative points for kickers. Last year, the top five kickers would have been better than all but the first five or six tight ends. Yeah. So like, I mean, tight ends, a crap shoot. And I, and I make the joke, like, how can you call it fantasy football and not have a kicker in your lineup? Cause nobody else kicks. Like there's no feet <laughs> involved, you know, in every sport you're using your feet to run and, but football is kicking. And I, I don't know. I, I, I've played in leagues with no kicker and honestly, I don't like them. Yeah. Maybe that's because I have some friends who are kickers. I'd rather have kickers. You got nothing to talk to him about. Yeah, sorry, man. I got no kickers. On my <laughs> I know, phone. right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to play in a fantasy league together. Oh, yeah. Um, your position has been eliminated. No, I, how many times How many times have you had, like, remember, was it last year when Brett Maher had like a 20 something point game and, you know, your kicker comes out of nowhere and, and helps you win? Like, you know, kickers are people too, I guess, you know, that's the old saying. Well, speaking of, speaking of him, I, I was in, uh, I was in, I don't know, it may have been the fishbowl. I was in some kind of draft. And I remember this because my daughter was, I was at a softball game pushing my son around and, and I'm scrolling through trying to find out who the Cowboys kicker was. Cause I thought it was Brett Maher, but they got, but why did they get rid of him? He was like the number one kicker. Well, do you remember what happened at the end of last year? And in the playoffs, oh, that guy he turned like, into a head cage. Yeah. Oh, really? So, and then, and then we, we had Tristan Vizcaino, but now he's gone right now. Our kicker is, Brandon Aubrey, who yeah. I don't know anything about, but the yeah. Cowboys have had success with kickers. Like, I mean, look at, look at Maher. Nobody wanted him last year. And the guy was one of the three best kickers in fantasy. So uh, the, the Cowboys have, you know, have, have done okay with the kicker position over the year. So uh, maybe Brandon Aubrey becomes a, a sleeper or maybe they sign Robbie gold. I mean, Cade York just got cut by the Browns yesterday. So he's going to be floating around right. out there. It's cut day. So you're going to see a couple of kickers hit the, hit the free yeah. agent time anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. What, what about tight end premium? Are you just still the traditionalist when it comes to that? You don't want to add a little value on the tight end side, make them a little bit more relevant. Again, I don't mind. I don't mind playing in a league or two that has a tight end premium, but uh, I'm typically not going to do that mm-hmm. because like the kickers, for example, I mean, you could really boost up the value of kickers, but I don't do that. You know, I just think that everyone should get equal points for what they do on the field. So if you run for 57 yards, you get 5.7 points. If you make a 57 yarder, you get 5.7 points. But then, you know, if you get crazy with uh, Scott Fishbowl goes a little bit crazy, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to inflate the value of a position. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, you know, kickers, not super valuable in terms of real football, unless you come down to a last minute kick where you need to uh, execute to, to win a game, but it's not a sexy position in tight end outside of Kelsey and, you know, uh, three, four other guys. And we've seen this historically too, like tight end, you know, for, for every, you know, Shannon Sharp and um, Tony mm-hmm. Gonzalez out there. I mean, there's, there's 200, you know, David LaFleur. So like, right. it's just, I, I don't, I don't mind playing in a couple of them, but I'm typically not going to just increase the value of a position. I think Superflex is probably where I do it the most because the league just goes wonky with the draft where if I'm in a regular draft, maybe three quarterbacks get picked in the first three rounds. Right. And in Superflex, three quarterbacks get picked in the first three picks. Right. So, so it certainly increases the value, but I don't mind doing that because quarterbacks are the most valuable position in the NFL. Like sure. bar none. That's why they get paid all this dough. So I don't mind increasing that, the pushing the value of quarterbacks a little bit because it doesn't, it doesn't mirror what the NFL is. And I like my fantasy to be as real as possible. Like that's part of the reason why I don't really like IDP leagues. Yeah. I mean, like if you, if you've got like an elite cover corner, 
he's lousy in IDP leagues. Nobody <laughs> no one throws to him. Away, throws to him yep. so it sucks. So like, you know, like Darrell Revis, like he was the best cover corner in the league for how many years in fantasy? He wasn't good because they aren't going to throw him the football because their teams are afraid of him. So, uh, and, and like Aaron Donald, like the guy is a monstrosity in the middle of the defense. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, he's not London Fletcher and he's picking up a million tackles a week. It's so that, that's part of the reason why I don't really dig uh, IDP um, too much. Yeah, it's funny. Oftentimes in uh, IDP, you want players on bad defenses. Right, you're right. You want tackles and they're on the field. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah, like you, you want guy linebackers who play behind weak defensive lines, so they let yeah. the runners get through the line, and they have to make a tackle on the second level, or a really crappy yeah. corner or safety who's going to get the ball thrown in his direction a lot. Uh, that that that's not that's not what I want. Hey, I got a quick one on the kickers and defenses again. Do you tend to stream both positions, or do you stock up in the draft and just? So sit it on depends. Them? It depends. So I'm not opposed to like. If Justin Tucker is there, like at the end of round, the the third to last round, I may grab him there. Uh, if there's an elite defense in that same spot that's still available, maybe in the second to last round, I may grab it. Like Eagles, Niners, you know, my my beloved Dallas Cowboys, for example. But then with defenses, like I give you an example, the Patriots are one of the best fantasy defenses, right? You don't want to play them in a week one; they're playing the Eagles, right? Right. So, like, I don't mind people going out and, like, drafting the Commanders because now they're playing the Cardinals in week one with, like, friggin' Joshua Dobbs quarterbacking them. I just took the Commanders. So, like, if you're going to – so, if you don't get one of the top defenses, hell, last last round, if there's a defense – I mean, there's there's several defenses that are really good in fantasy that have awful matchups in week one. So, are you going to roster two defenses? What are you going to do, right? So that that's that's part of the the equation. If I can get an elite type defense, I will, but I'm not going to reach for a defense or a kicker. All right. Well, jumping into the back into the dynasty world, are you the guy that makes your picks, or do you you trade them away for? I traded. I didn't like this rookie class a lot, and Mm -hmm. I I wasn't getting Bijan because I wasn't the worst team in the league last year. So I traded away most of my draft capital, and we do four rounds for the rookies. I think I had a third and a fourth and that was it. I traded my first, I traded my second. I actually had a lot of picks last year. So like I have like Christian Watson and um, I have, um, th- and, and I have two, two uh, dynasty leagues. Uh, one just started this year. We did a startup super flex dynasty league and I have Ken Walker, um, a couple of other players uh, from the rookie, from the rookie class last year, but I didn't love the, I didn't love the class. And a lot of where these rookies went was crap. Like, you know, Charbonnet going to the Seahawks and um, Jackson Smith and Jigba going to Seattle. Um, uh, or, or, uh, well, yeah, they both went to Seattle. Yeah, um, right. Brain fart there for me. Um, sometimes I say stuff and it's right. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is that right? Yeah, I just said Seattle. Um, I got a lot of brain, you know, I got a lot of the players in my head. Uh, so it didn't work out real well for for a lot of the i mean even like jameer gibbs who got drafted way higher than we all thought and everyone's like loving this kid but i mean david montgomery's still there so like and i like gibbs i love the talent but i uh I, this class did not at least initially uh thrill me in terms of where a lot of these guys ended up the tight yeah. ends though musgrave yeah tight ends Dave, baby laporta, LaPorta yeah. mayor and like i keep kicking myself because I'll draft one of these guys late and think, damn, these tight ends never put up good numbers in their first year. But late in a draft, I mean, I'll throw a dart, see if I can maybe hit a, you know, hit on something. I was um, 
catching some of your timeline i saw your 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 sleeper was like a like a tiktok sort of thing and and you you dude it's so it's so weird how things have changed (laughs) so obviously like you know i i was lead analyst on the nfl network for 15 years and so like you know i was in a studio every day and it was all fancy schmancy and you know you go in the green room and all the players are back there and all the talent and everybody else and now that that whole like television has become sort of secondary now, right? People, right. you know, I'm the same way. I'm always on my phone. I'm looking at what's going on in here. They're looking at YouTube. They're looking at TikTok. So <laughs> and not, not, I mean, not that like the videos are, that they're fun to do, but it's so weird that that's what the, the media companies want now hey. because they want to draw in those younger uh, audience members. Yeah. They're so, looking for Matthew Stafford's teammates. Right. Yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. He's having some issues. Um, but like, it, it's just crazy. So, you know, and we still do stuff for sports illustrated and I, my, my podcast is on, um, FUBU TV and stuff. So there, you know, I'm still doing that kind of, but it's totally different. I do everything from home. I, mean, yeah. I just moved from California to Florida because I can work wherever I want. So, which is cool, which is cool. I mean, I miss being in the studio, but the, the, this is, you know, you got to, you got to change, right? You got to unlearn what you have learned. And uh, that's kind of, that's kind of what, uh, what's going on right now in the industry. Yeah. I listened to your pod yesterday, the believe podcast. Is yeah. That we called? just started that uh, a couple of weeks ago. I'm actually going to be recording it here shortly after we're done. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I, I hadn't had a podcast in a few years and, uh, so excited to be doing that. Plus my sports, uh, my sports illustrated content plus Sirius XM plus my Westwood one show will start up, uh, me and Amber Theo Harris, first week of the season. So I, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm on a lot of platforms, which is great. I'm blessed. And yeah, uh, especially right now, cause the industry is not in great shape in terms of sports media with a lot of layoffs and that kind of stuff. So yeah, we just had Lindsay Rhodes on and she, um, uh, my yeah. buddy. Yeah. Oh, me and Lindsay great. get into fights like on the show all the time. Like it's funny. <laughs> uh, she's you. awesome though. I love Lindsay. Lindsay, Lindsay and I have, have been working together for almost 20 years now. Right. I mean, I started at NFL network in 2006. That was a great lineup. That was a great lineup with you, all you guys. And then it kind of just, everyone just, they just blew it up. And that that was, yeah, I'm not going to get too much into NFL network. Um, but we've had all you, we've had all you guys on James Coe was on and many, uh, yeah, (laughs) many of the decisions made by that place. They'll kind of have the same response, but uh, the quick, quick hit on your, on picket and pickings, uh, some of your sleepers that you picked, you like the Steelers offense this year, huh? Yeah. I I just like picket. You know, sometimes like, you know, the spidey senses start tingling. Right. And like earlier this off season, the, the spidey senses started tingling with Pickett Cause I know that there's almost always a second year quarterback who breaks out at least one. There's been one in every year, but one since like 2015. Right. And I think Pickett's looked great in the preseason. You know, I mean, Allen Robinson hasn't been good the last couple of years, but as a three and you know, you know who their top two guys are. Pickens is super athletic and Frymuth's a good tight end. They've got Najee, Jalen Warren. I mean, I, I think they could surprise some people and their defense is, you know, should be, should be good. Their offensive line should be better with Broderick Jones there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm into picket. Uh, I'm, I've been trying to get him as my QB two uh, anywhere I possibly can. Nice. And uh, hopefully I'll be right on him because um, you know, there, there's, there's always a handful of players that you kind of plant your flag on. Yeah either either negatively or positively and Pickett certainly is a guy that i've planted my flag on uh one of the players yeah. this year yeah are you so we we like to ask people this would you rather be 
right for your uh, takes or right for your team? As in, like, if you drafted a guy, would you rather root for the guy that's on your team or, or no, would you like no, to? I, well, I'd rather be right on my takes because I'm helping people. And, like, ultimately, that's what I want to do. And I'm a Cowboys fan, dude. I know that ultimately the pain's coming at some point. So I, 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 I'm very pessimistic as a Cowboys fan these days. I, I, I know the pain's coming. How do you what's the, how do you like that RB room for uh, the Cowboys? I, I uh, who's our two? I want to know. Right, Rico Dowdle. I mean, I got no idea. Like, I mean, uh, Deuce. I'm really shocked they didn't bring me, another one. I'm five eight. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I don't know that the Cowboys would go out and sign somebody who maybe gets cut. You know, Fournette's still out there. Hunt's still out there. Yeah. I just don't know that Pollard can handle that workload. That's a, you know, like like Zeke had 250 ballpark touches last year. Where are those going? Yeah. Um, I think they're going into the passing game if they don't sign somebody. That's what yeah. I think. I think Dak bounces back, especially now. I think he's pissed because now we brought in Lance, which I don't understand that trade at all. Right. And because I and I gotta be honest with you, I don't like Jerry Jones. I, I don't. I, I think that's I, the consensus a like lot amongst a lot of uh, Cowboys yeah. fans. He hadn't, yeah. he hadn't done, you know what? No, like, and then since the nineties. Yeah. So. Since right. before um, fantasy football, before the internet, almost I guess you could almost say. Yeah. No, I think we had that Neil O'Donnell was like his best year, right? Was that the last one they made when they went to the Super Bowl? When ninety-five, when, uh, and that was Barry Switzer, but that was Jimmy's team. Right. Yeah. 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 That was yeah, Jimmy's team, was. and I blame Jerry. I mean, I'm sure Jimmy and Jerry both have egos that are massive, but I blame Jerry. Dude, yeah. you, you went. You know, you won two Super Bowls. Your team is rolling. Like, put your ego aside. And let's, you know, let, let, let's, let's make history. And instead oh. that, you know, they couldn't get along and that, that's, that's what happened. So oh, we had one of our patrons um, send us a question. Okay, look at this. Okay. You ready for this one? Yeah. He said, ask him who is going to produce more points, Brees or Madison inquiring minds want to know. That's my, that's my Jim Dickey uh, impression. Justin. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very, very accurate. So, so right yeah. now, as it stands, um, I've got, I've got Madison ranked a couple spots higher. So I'll go Madison. It's just like clear path to workload. Like right, Dalvin Cook is a huge hindrance to Brees Hall breaking out. Brees Hall would have been one of my favorite breakout players this year. Mm. Dalvin Cook is 28. He, so he's getting towards the end and his numbers did go down last year, but he still averaged 4.4 yards per carry. And he still was the RB 11. So he's not garbage. You know, Zeke, I think is farther along in terms of, kind of getting close to, if not being washed, yeah. Dalvin's not. Right. And they have Michael Carter there too. So uh, I'm a little, I, I mean, unless they, unless this becomes like a Camara uh, sort of Ingram. like, you Ingram. know, Ingram situation yeah. or, you know, last year you Swift and Williams, although Swift didn't pan out, but he still finished in the top 24 at running back. I don't know what to, uh, it's hard to know what to expect, especially early in the season. Yeah, I bumped Madison. Down, yeah, I bumped Brees down my draft boards and didn't get him on either of the drafts that I did this weekend, just because the workload is. It, I can't forecast the workload being there to be yeah. a second round pick, which is basically where he's been going. Yeah, second or early third. Well, I think we're right around that time where Fabs, you said you had to get going, right? Yeah, yeah, I got to get ready for the uh, for my podcast. Today's a crazy day. You know, I'm, I'm on with you guys here. My okay. podcast I have to do, and then I have I'm doing a, I think I'm doing a segment with Michelle Beadle today, um, and then I have my show. So a little little uh, little crazy uh, this morning, but that's football season. So 
Sunday morning, what that what's that like for you? Well, now it's going to be totally different because I've been on the West Coast for the last 16 years. Oh, Jesus. So now it's like, you know, the games don't start at 10 and the London games don't start at 6. Yeah. Now it's, you know, 1 and 4 and, you know, the night, the night, night games are actually, you know, over late. So it's going to be totally different for me uh, than, than it's mm -hmm. been in the past. Uh, so at least I don't have to wake up early. Uh, last year I was waking up at 6 to do a 7 a.m. show on Sirius. Now mm -hmm. I'd be able to get an extra hour of sleep to do an eight o'clock show, which is a little easier. Heck yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you so much for, for joining us. Really appreciate you making the time out. Busy day. So at Michael underscore Fabiano, he's Fabs. He's, uh, I, I, how'd you get the Hall of Fame? Right? I mean, it's a great name. Yeah. They, they, there's a fantasy sports writers Hall of Fame. There's no right. building. There's no busts. There's no tickets that you can buy to walk through and see who's in. Uh, but I got a little plaque and it's a nice, um, Nice acknowledgement of, um, you know, what I've done in the industry. So I love uh, real, pr real proud of that. Catch him on Sirius um, with Lindsey Rhodes, our, another yep. one of our Mount Rushmore, uh, I would say. One to three Eastern uh, every day, yeah. Monday through Friday. And, if for uh, no other reason to listen to me and Lindsey argue. It's great. It's I, 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 I catch the show whenever I get a new car and I get the free uh, like six months. Six ah, months. there you go. <laughs> But uh, hey, Justin, Michael Fabiano, thanks for listening to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Pod. Thanks, guys. One, two, three, four. Larry Monkey and Justin Rogers talking Dynasty football, baby.